Okay, it's a great pleasure to see you. The Shear Coffee Pastry, sponsored by Lazy Bean Cafe. We have a number of additional sponsors. Uh, Fran and Sam Ebel, in memory of uh, Tzipar Bas Moshe. Thanks, Sam. And thanks for saying of a St. Talamutter out loud. We all feel aligned now. Ruth and Michael Rosen, in memory of Avram Yaakov Ben Tzvi Hersh HaKohen. Shkoyach Dean and Michael Seelan, in memory of Yaakov Meir Ben Avi Yirmiyahu. And uh, Francine Weisbrot, in memory of David Ruvain Ben Shalom. Dina, you can hear me? I do. Okay, very nice. Dina's amazing. She comes just to hear uh, Michael Davin. And it is, uh, Michael, it's really good. You're getting, good. You're getting better and better. Cole Nidre, you better watch out. Okay. The, um, we've been discussing this year. The goal is to show how a tefillah and even a Talmud Torah, which we're doing here, is uh, meant, in addition to all its other values, inherent values, but especially chakras. But I'll show this also at, uh, God willing, we have a long year, Mincha and Marev. It's also meant to uh, have an impact on what happens afterwards, once we leave the building. You know, if you drive out of, out of uh, Shul today and you cut me off, or I cut you off, so I'm not saying our davening was a waste, but there's something to work on the next day, because the way we daven and the way we learn is supposed to have an impact on uh, the next steps that we take. Where this becomes uh, very clear, if you look on top, in the Shulchan Aruch, Aruch now it's important to look sometimes at the titles. The Shulchan Aruch, Aruch after Tefillah, has a section called Hilchos Beit Knesset, where he does talk about some of the aspects of what a Beit Knesset should look like, how it's built, it's interesting why that's there. But within these halachos, the first one, and this is how we have it in our editions, and you know, old editions as well, the Shulchan Aruch, is called Seder Masa Umatan. So just to do a little, you know, play a little uh, analysis, within the halachas of Beit Knesset, you have the halachas of Seder Masa Umatan. You know what it means, Seder Masa Umatan. Masa Umatan, how are we going to carry on and how are we going to act in the business world? That's called Masa Umatan. It's a, uh, a favorite question that a father-in-law asks his son-in-law. When are you going to have some masa matan? Right? When, when, when's the time you leave yeshiva and there's some masa matan? And then the son-in-law says, no, part of our masa matan, part of our deal was uh, I learned for 20 more years. So it's interesting, masa matan, the terminology itself. But what I'm pointing out, it's more than just a technical point. It's true in the Rambam, it's even true in the Shulchan Aruch. The titles are very important. They give you a little sense of uh, the structure of the halacha, or the theme of the halacha. So it's clearly what we're being told over here is that the Beit Knesset, and we pointed out Beit Midrash as well, especially here where we do it together, leads to your Masa Matan. We don't live uh, two separate lives. We're not, we're, you know, Rabbi uh, David Weinberg was here. I'm sorry for the sidebars, but they're interesting. He spoke, uh, he gave a drush of the 915 million. Someone wrote a letter to Rav Huttner, who left the world of yeshiva and went into the world of business. And he said he's very torn. You know, he wasn't yet doing anything illegal, but he said, it feels like I'm living a double life. You know, from the world of the yeshiva or the world of the Beit Knesset to the world of Masamata. You know, it's, it's a tough world out there. You know, I have it easy. I'm in a rabbinate world with the wonderful Balabatim. But to go, you know, right away, you're going to get on with some people who don't have the same values, perhaps, even in your own family, maybe, or even in your own businesses. 
So he, Reb Hutner said, it's one of the rare pieces we have from Reb Hutner that's written in English, this piece. He said, it's not meant to be a double life. It's a broad life. You understand? It's not that Masa Matan's contradicting what we're doing in here. It's broad, it's broad, because uh, we believe in integration. So it's very important to keep this in mind. That's what, what I'm trying to accomplish this year. There's no book that does it, so I'm trying to organize it. So the Shulchan Aruch says, we'll read the beginning, and then I want to share with you, I have a few minutes, something that struck me, the Shabbos and Shul. Achar kach. Now, it's a strange way to begin a paragraph, but that's uh, the continuation from you should daven and you should learn, have some breakfast. That's what the Shulchan Aruch said before. These are all preparations for our day at work, which Baruch Hashem, everybody here is doing, and I know the people online as well, <coughs> especially the breakfast. Achar kach yelech lasakov. And then you're ready. Achakach is, then you go to work. Asakov is what you're asik in, what you're busy with. Tichol Torah she'eni ma'malacha. And it's interesting what the Shulchan Aruch throws in over here. We know this from uh, Pirkei Avos, that if you end up, if you're going to just spend the whole day in the Beit Knesset, in the base Medrash, she'en ma'malacha, with no work, sofa betela. All, all of uh, the good values are going to end up being uh, annulled or taken away. It's going to cause sin. Now, again, this doesn't mean there's certain people who shouldn't be learning, but if you're going to have a mass of society where nobody's working, <coughs> so all this learning is not, is, it's going to lead to a lot of nice intellectual aspects, spiritual aspects, but we're going to have a non-productive society. And then, I don't mean to include anyone, the only way you're going to be able to survive is by ripping off the government, you know, to get maybe money that you don't deserve because you're not working. Or you're going to start stealing and you'll have different groups. You never have a, you'll have different groups, those that learn and those that steal, so those could learn. And even on an individual level, we should be productive. And then he says, Kioni, if you hit a point of uh, poverty or affliction, you're going to end up going against the Das of Hashem. Now, then he says, and this is the, this is the, the, the fine balance, umikomakam, and therefore, the Shulchan Aruch says, and he's talking here not just uh, quantitatively, which is not so practical, but qualitatively, it doesn't mean that your work is your driving force in life. You don't make that your ikar, doesn't mean that it's bad, and hopefully, uh, you know, the Chovetz Halvavo says that not everyone's able to do this, but someone may find um, there's a certain area of, of work that resonates with them. Doesn't mean that if it doesn't, you know, my parents used to tell me, that's not why I became a rabbi, but my parents said, you make a living, whatever it takes. You know, it's, you don't have to love your job so much. But, you know, our, our generation is a little bit different. You, you're supposed to love your job, that people think. But whatever it is, it's not your ikker still. Still now it's dominant. Ella arai, it's uh, temporary. So it's a very strong statement, of course, a very high aspiration. The Torah is what's most permanent. And what it means over here is not just Talmud Torah. And again, not just quantitatively, but qualitatively, it means the Torah lifestyle. And it's, uh, you know, it's very interesting. Now, I'm not meaning to give drushes over here, but I saw last night an interview with a, a, a basketball, a football player. Soon we're going to have boxers wearing yarmulkes, you know. And uh, so there's a football player for Texas A&M, and uh, he made the football team. Now, I'm reading a story. He's an Orthodox guy. He went to Kohelet High School, and he made the Texas A&M football team. 
Now, he doesn't play on Shabbos. He doesn't play on Shabbos. He, he, if, he only plays home games, right? And um, he, waits in the, he waits in the locker room and he learns with his Gemara and his Chumash. And then after uh, Shabbos is over, he goes out fully dressed to play. That's what he said. Now, I'm following the story. I'm thinking that there's something wrong about this. Now, I respect him because I think this is the right way to go without judging anyone else because everybody has, makes their own cheshbonos. But, you know, on a communal level, institutional level, as a rabbi, it seems very uh, dedicated. But I'm saying, first of all, how's some, some, and I saw the guy, how's this guy who went to Kohala High School in, in Philadelphia that doesn't even have a football team, maybe they have a touch football team, you know, how's this guy making it to Texas A&M? So, like, the whole story, and you see him on the sidelines with his keep on. It's a good kasha, huh? You know, so before your kids go home, come home and say, we want to go to Texas A&M. So the story really is, he's on the, which is okay, he's on the scout team. Okay, he's very fast, so they put him on the scout team. The scout team is you only practice, and you, you don't go on any road games. And they don't really need him at any games. So that worked out beautifully. But he gets to wear the uniform. But still, you see, that's, you know, okay, Baruch Hashem. The other, that's the Iker. You know, that's the Iker. So he, again, I'm sure most people on the scout team are out there at the 12 o'clock already. So what we strive for is uh, Iker. So even, even in sports, the guy could show that he, could, he has the Iker. And hopefully a person is able to find the right balance. Listen, this is a challenge for all of us in life. That's why the Shulchan Aruch is so beautiful. Now, part of where these calculations get made, what's my Iker, what's my Arai, what's really the focus of my life, that's part of what davening is about, and that's what part of learning is about, and that's why I think this is so compelling, that tefillah, Talmud Torah, even what I'm talking outside, these values are what lead to hopefully making the day out at work the most meaningful way possible. Okay, and then, and here's the key, and what's going to be the test, or one of the significant tests, when you go out there, are you going to, in, in the workplace, whatever you're doing, are you going to act faithfully? Now, what does that mean, faithfully? Does it just mean that you have a Muna Bashem? So, no. If you look into the, <coughs> and, you know, I didn't copy it for you, but if you look into the Mishnah Bura, the Mishnah Bura says over here, no, you act honestly, ethically. Has nothing over to do with over here how much hours you're learning. You're not supposed to be learning while you're working, especially for somebody else, right? You're not supposed to be doing that. Are you putting in all your uh, effort? And that's the value. So I wanted to just, I'll end with this and we'll have more to say because it looks like uh, the, the man's here to cut me down, to tell me I have to end. What's the real time now? I only have one minute. Time really flies. So, so something struck me, this Parsha. You know, the Medrash says that Yaakov Avinu, he gets, to, um, he gets to Haran, and then he realized that he missed something. What did he miss? He missed the davening in uh, Beis Elohim, Harabayas. Okay, so miraculously he, he flies back there, and he davens. So I want to suggest the following. It's, it's pure speculation, but either way it's a great value. What's he davening for? He, of, of course, he's talking about all these futuristic things. You know, he just spent his time in the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. As I've explained before, the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever, they taught you how to deal with Wall Street. You know, that wasn't the Yeshiva where they taught you how to deal with the Rosh Yeshiva. So for the tough guys. And then he gets to Charan, and he already sees in Charan, I'm not prepared enough. Because these guys, they got a lot of shrewd guys there, not just low. 
not just Lavan, you know, the way they operate over there. So he gave one more tefillah that I should be successful in how I function, because now I'm no longer going to be Yaakov Ishtam, I'm going to be Yaakov working out in the fields, and I'm going to be Yaakov uh, working for a boss. Working for your father-in-law is challenging enough if he's not, a, if he's not Lavan. So it's very beautiful, is you see, when then Yaakov goes back, post this tefillah, what does he do? He sees, the, he sees these shepherds who are loitering, and he says to them, you guys didn't go to the lazy bean shear. You guys didn't learn you didn't daven because you're not working hard. And beautifully what Rashi says is, first of all, you're not working hard if you're supposed to work for someone else, so that's Geneva. If you're hired by someone else, but even if you're only working for yourself, that's what Rashi says, it's not good discipline to sit around doing, you know, twiddling your thumbs. That's not how you develop. You know, we're supposed to perfect the human being. And this is, what, this is the role of the Avos, of Avram, Mitzchak, and Yaakov, to teach these ethics. And it's very interesting, I'll end with this, the Avram ben Arambam, who, you know who his father was, that's why he's not so well known, but I'm a big fan. I'll talk about him more another time. He says to them, Vayomer hein od, there's a lot of time left in the day. You know, their excuse was, we're waiting for more people to come because the rock, this was a union. According to the union, you needed four guys to push a rock, and there were only three guys. That's basically what's going on over here. So the Avram ben Aram says, it's over as we show. There was literally an elevation from his soul. I think the expression over here is he couldn't tolerate it. Like he was bothered emotionally by what type of uh, lazy people are these? There's some type of, you're not being fair to the owners, you're not being fair to yourselves. And uh, the Avram ben Aram goes on to say that the three guys could have pushed it off. You know, if you really want to do it, what's the difference? Because according to many interpretations, it wasn't just that, you know, uh, Yaakov had the big muscles and he came miraculously and pushed it. The Radak says he was the fourth guy, and once he came, they were able to push it. So these are values, and if you look in the Rambam Hilchas Chiras, Perak Yud Gimel, Halachas Yud Zayin, I've done this in a different context, as well as in the Shulchan Aruch, when the Halacha brings down in Choshen Mishpat, that a person, uh, these are laws, labor laws, one of the things that we're told, and I'm going through it very quickly because we're out of time, is you have to work. Look, look at the third to last line. On the second side. When you work for someone else, and I would argue, according to this, even when you work for yourself, you have to work. Your boss may not know what your koach is, but everyone has to know what your full strength is. This is later on in the parsha when he says to Lavan, look what I did. I worked even though you kept changing my wages. I worked with Kol Koach. So uh, we'll continue, of course, next time. But part of what davening is supposed to do and learning in the morning is to calibrate our behavior so that we can face the Rebona Shalom and we can face our employers and ourselves with Kol Koach. I'm sorry to the second minion. You'll survive. <laughs>